Just grip that and think about it in your heart. You'll fall in love with your wife all over again because she represents the church, the body of Christ. And you are to love her as Christ loved the church. And so you'll also fall in love all over again with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to say I love this church. I love you. Uh, when I came here, I was broken physically, mentally, spiritually. And I said this the other night in a meeting. You allowed me to heal. You reached out to me. One part of my injury was a, was a head concussion. And the brain is the last thing to heal. And so, during that process of healing, I wasn't thinking clearly. I don't mind confessing. I wasn't thinking clearly. And I didn't really know how to articulate my feelings very much. But, and I think back and I said, you know, some of the things I said, I should have said. But you just overlooked those things. You just loved on me, cared about me. And, and I got well, praise God. And I hope it was a ministry to you, and I hope it's a ministry to you this morning. I love it. Now, before we get into the message very much, I'm going to preach first of all on strong love. Strong love. And, and Ben already read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and and just to read you a part of one verse, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it is not boastful, it is not conceited. So that's not the way I act all the time. Now you might have your halo out polishing it and say, I act like that. If you do, praise God. Praise God. I'd like to meet you after church and uh, get you to explain to me how you do that. Sometimes I get up grouchy and ill and act like an old man. And, uh, you know, okay? And so, uh, but I, I strongly love the Lord Jesus Christ and I strongly love my wife. And, and I'm like Ben or Ben's like me, one or the other. And I've got two things that I brought to the, to the uh, pulpit this morning. First of all, I've got a picture of me and my wife standing in front of the Franklin Motel. Now, 43 years ago, I was married in Covent Baptist Church to the love of my life. And she always has been and she always will be. Uh, Pastor Don Fuller performed the ceremony and I had a brand new car. I think that's the reason she married me. And uh, I didn't care. All I wanted was hope. And so... We got in that car and we drove. We, did, we were going to Gatlinburg, but we made it to Franklin, North Carolina. And that's where we spent our honeymoon night. And so you can look at this after church. I've got a little place here. That was taken about 10 years ago. So that represents the beginning. That represents the beginning. And Joey took the picture and sent it to me. And it sits on my nightstand beside my bed. And I think, wow, that's where we began. And you probably remember that. So, you know, where are we at now? Where am I at now? Where is my relationship with my wife now? And I, you know we've just been through sickness and trials. And, and boy, she waited on me hand and foot and, and looked after me and prayed for me and denied me death. The doctor said, you know, he's going to die. And Hope said, no, he's not. And you prayed and she prayed and other people prayed. And God raised me up. 
And so I've already bought her a Valentine card. Don't tell her, but I bought, I gave her the same card last year. If you don't sign these things, you can give them year after year. <laughs> and uh, they won't remember them. <laughs> but it really, I did. But it says here, you're such a gift to my heart. And it's a little boy and a little girl, and he's giving her a present. And that's the way I feel about the love of my life today. And also brought this, so guys, don't forget. Get a card, whatever else it takes, and buy some Snicker bars or something, and, and take them home on February the 14th. I asked that question Wednesday night, what is February the 14th? And some smart aleck husband said, it's the day before the 15th. Well, you go home on the 14th and say that to your wife. You won't get any supper. Okay? And so I'm trying to help you out. And so we look into the scriptures here this morning. And one thing we're going to do is laugh. One thing we're going to do is laugh and grin and, and maybe nudge each other. And, and uh, I hope it ends in a tremendous revival around the altar and asking Jesus to bless our relationship with one another. The Bible says in verse 28 of chapter 29 that, that uh, in 29 Laban presented Jacob with a proposition. Laban had two dogs. The Bible says that Rachel was shapely and beautiful. Guys, I don't have to explain that to you. Do I? And he also says that Leah had delicate eyes. And so Jacob asked Laban for Rachel. He said, okay, you work for seven years, you'll get her. On their honeymoon night in Franklin, North Carolina, he switched wives, switched women on her. He put Leah in the tent, and it was evidently dark, and he woke up the next morning, and he said, that old Laban, he tricked me. And he went to Laban, and he said, Laban, I'm mad, I worked seven years for Rachel and he gave me Leah and he said uh, well that's not the custom Jacob the custom is to give the older daughter first if you want Rachel work seven more years and then the Bible said and Jacob did just that come on say it with me now Jacob did just that y'all didn't say it guys say it like you mean it Jacob did just that in those few words, you have a man saying, I'll do whatever it takes to get the woman God has for me. And you're willing to do just what it takes and you won't worry about the time, if it's seven years or 20 years or, or whatever time it takes and you're looking forward to spending your life with that person. You have what we call a strong love. Now, Jacob was a young man at this time. And he's not that much older 20 years later. But he did have what represented not only a strong love, but a young love. And in that young, strong love, Jacob said, okay, it's, it's going to be as a one day. I'm not going to think anything about it because all I'm going to concentrate on is how beautiful and shapely Rachel is. She is in her personality and how what a great marriage we're going to have together. 
You know, uh, I proposed to Hope about a year before we got married in Red Lobster. And we try to go there on May the 3rd. That'll be our anniversary. And we, we try to get in the booth where I proposed to her. The same building, but they've remodeled it a little bit. And we've been remodeled a little bit. And you've been remodeled a little bit. But boy, our love for each other is still strong because, you know, God put us together. God saved our souls during the process of our marriage. And then God called me to preach and, and God gave us children. And now we've got six grandchildren. And we, we just love everything that God has ever done for us. It's such a blessing because we couldn't have done it for ourselves. And yes, it's been hard. And yes, our marriage is strong now. But it hasn't always been that way. You might say, preacher, you know, my marriage is just falling apart. Maybe it's a little bit sick right now. Well, every other thing on the face of the earth goes through those times. You can fix it with God's help. You know what? Jesus saved my soul. He raised up something out of nothing. All things are possible with God. He's in the business of saying to the world, hey, they nailed me to a cross and I died. He gave up the ghost and died. They put him in a hole in the ground and three days later he came out. You think Jesus can't fix your marriage? You think Jesus can't handle your problems? The problem is you haven't given them to him lately. You know, as long as we're walking around and feeling good and working jobs and raising kids and doing things on our own, we don't talk to Jesus about our problems very much. And even when something comes up, we just say, okay, I can handle it. That's not the kind of love Jacob had. That's not what we call strong love. You see, strong love goes to those original feelings and, and it keeps those feelings alive. It keeps those feelings fresh in you each and every day. Boy, I can remember when I was dating Hope. I'd make $100. I had a new car. I had a stereo speaker that came out of the house in the trunk of my new 72 Noble. I had a long cord on that thing. I'd wash the top of that car to begin with. I'd pull that long cord out through here and I'd plug into the eight-track tape. Well, my hand was a woman. That's the last you'll have to hear of that. And Percy Sledge would sing to me and I would polish that car and I'd think about I was going to go get her. We were going to the movies. He said, I'm taking home the movies. It cost too much. I'd take her out to eat wherever she wanted to go. I proposed to her about 40 times before she said yes. She tried to run me out two or three times. She'd look out the door and air at me. Her mama told her one day, she said, why don't you marry that boy? He ain't going nowhere. I knew what I wanted. I had love in my heart. I had strong love. And you know what? I still have that love. I still have that commitment in my life. If we move along here, I'll, 
before I move on, I want you to say the strength, I want you to understand that the strength of the Lord depends on a couple's walk with God and their lives lived out each and every day together. You're going to have hard times. You probably have already had hard times. You might have even fallen away from love. But I will say this. There's no such thing as I don't love him anymore. If that's the one God gave you, you'll always love him. And I know, ladies, we are unlovable sometimes. But you are too. I mean, call. You know, we can't make it without you, but am, am, I, am I right? So, you know, keep that strong love going. The next point I want to talk to you about is a secure love. And that happens in time when you begin to feel comfortable with one another and you and you are and you just uh, know what the other one's thinking even before they say it. But you don't always communicate it in that way. Do y'all ever have any trouble with communication? How about it? Yeah, communication is the main obstacle in a, in a couple's relationship. It's the obstacle. Sometimes Hope tells me, you mama, and sometimes I tell her she don't listen. A conversation around our house might go like this. She might say, what do you want for supper? I'll say pork chops. I don't have any talking beans. I got some pork chops. That'll do. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> and why are we talking about food, guys? Don't say something stupid like, this is not the way Mama fixed it. <laughs> I mean, good gracious. What turnip truck did you fall off of? You don't live with Mama. You didn't marry mama. You didn't marry to have another mama nor a maid. And ladies, don't say something stupid like this. Daddy could always fix it. <laughs> Who cares? Don't get there. I mean, some of the things we do in our relationship are just dumb. Think about it like this. There's an old man and an old woman going down the road, you know, and they got this this car and they passed this other couple and, and uh, this was in the day when they had been seats and this other couple was sitting up side by side and this woman looks at her husband and she says, I remember when you drove a car like that. Well, the old guy looking through the third wheel said, I hadn't moved. <laughs> Don't move from where you're at. In the strong love, if you do, you'll not ever the secure love. The secure love. And so in that secure love, I want to give you just some ways to work on your security as a family. Dave Chapman, Dave Chapman wrote a book in 1995 called The Five Love Languages. If you're going to say something, make sure you say it the right way. Just because you say I love you, and by the way, look at your wife, look at your husband, and both of you at the count of three, Say to each other, I love you. One, two, three. I love you. I didn't hear a single soul say nothing. That's the way you do around the house. Some of you can't smile. Take your fingers and do them like that. Do them like, come on now, get with it. Put your fingers up. 
Make the peace and do this. Oh, please smile at me. You're not mad, are you? Now look at your spouse and say, on the count of three, I love you. One, and smile like you mean it. One, two, three. All right, thank you. It didn't hurt, did it? Might get you some supper tonight. Okay, here's the final love language. Gifts. Some people like gifts. That's what Valentine's Day is about. Write them down. Write them down. I didn't put them on the overhead. But write them down. And then another one is quality time. I didn't say watch a Super Bowl together. Bring me something to drink, please. While I'm watching the Super Bowl, quality time together. Now I'm going to spend a little time on this. Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Words that really say... I love you. I'm not talking about roses are red, violets are blue, and I love you, or something like that. But really, watch your words. Guys, I'm talking to you. I want to share with you a scripture. It comes out of Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to get to it in just a minute. But it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, the wives submit to the husband in everything. I'm going to get to it. Husbands, love your wife, just as also Christ loved the church. We talked about that already. And gave himself for her. Now, now watch this verse 26. To make her holy. You know, it's the way you're presenting your wife to God. It's what you're working on. So it says, in the washing of water by the word. And if you look in your mouth, if you look in your mouth at that word, word, it starts with a small W. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, capital W, referring to deity. So the word we're talking about here in Ephesians chapter 5 is your word. And it's you guys. If you come in like a grumpy old man, you know, I asked the guy at our church prior to coming to this church, I said, what you going to go as in, in the Halloween party? He was always grumpy. You going to be a grumpy old man? You don't have to put on a mask. You're that every time I meet you. He laughed and I laughed. But sometimes, guys, we're just grumpy, grouchy. I mean, it's a, it's a confirmed statistic that women talk more than men. I did have the count, but men don't use as many words in a day as women do. It's about double. So when he comes home, he's used up all his words and he, he wants you to sit down and rest for a minute. But don't give up. After a while, he's going to say something. It might sound like a grunt. But, you know, his communication skills are not very much. You've got to help him with it. You've got to help him with it. And guys, you've got to do a little bit of work yourself. The Bible don't really say, though, God helps those that help themselves. I'm going to put it this way. I used to work with an older black gentleman. And you came in in the morning ill. 
in a public workplace, you didn't want to show the guys around you you were evil. Because they thrive off that during the day. Your wife told you awful you came to work this morning, didn't you? What y'all fighting about? You say, that's not nice. Hey, they didn't care. All they wanted to see you do was blow up. This old guy would look at me and he'd say, Preacher, y'all had it out this morning, didn't you? Let me tell you something, Preacher. What he took to get her, that's what it'll take to keep her. There's a lot of truth to that. Wouldn't y'all love for your husbands to fall in with that ladies? Amen. Come on, I want to hear a good high tone day. Wouldn't you love them for your husbands to, to get a grip around that? What it took to get her? That's what it'll take to keep her. Hey, man, guys, you heard that, didn't you? If you ignore it, you can't say I don't understand. You can't claim ignorance. You got to do something about it. So change the way you talk to your wife. Change the way you greet her in the morning. Love on her. Encourage her. She is your other half and she's probably your better half if you would confess to it. But our pride keeps us from doing that. Not only do you have words of affirmation, but you have uh, acts of service. Now this is my wife's Love language. Acts of service. And it's, it's probably a lot of ladies' love language. Because the ladies in the church are servant leaders like Pastor Robbie preached on the other day. They just, they just go about God's work, serving Jesus and doing what needs to be done. And sometimes you got to get a man to a place where you, you kind of massage his ego. You know, you kind of got to give, give him a title or pat him on the back or, or make him feel good about himself. A woman don't have to have that. Now, she don't want to be discredited. But sometimes her love language is acts of service. Do you know what really tickles my wife? Right up under the arm. You just, no, I ain't talking about that. Uh, me cleaning the commodes. Amen, all right? So that act of service can be something that you might not even know about. You might go around the house all day. I love you, honey. I love you, honey. I love you, honey. She might say, clean the commode, honey. Clean the commode, honey. Clean the commode. They got the trash. Do something for me. You know, don't just say it, but act it out. And then not only do you have, and this is where the guys really get into it, and I ain't going to say much about it because it's self-explanatory, physical touch. That's, that's most of the guys' love language. Now, ladies, you heard that. And guys, you're going to work on that. And Valentine's Day is coming. So use your imagination. And I've added to it. I've added to it for the men, and I've added to it for the ladies. Two more for the men is eating. We love to eat. So we love, sometimes our love language is eating. And another one, just because we have these giant egos that we don't want to confess to, is just plain petty. And ladies, I added one for you too, and that is to help clean up the house. So 
don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out, especially if you've been married a while, what makes your relationship better. And you will enjoy it, and you'll have that secure love. Transitions make you stronger. Notice Jacob said, I've been in the frost by night, and I've been in the heat by day. Transitions make you stronger. Time is your friend. Now this is important, and you can wrap your mind around it or you cannot, but time is not your enemy. Jacob was saying, my reputation, my character has been tested by time and the elements. Your relationship in marriage and with one another will be tested by time and the elements that you come in contact with. Don't look for it to be a bed of roses. All the time, sometimes it will be there. But sometimes you're going to have a hard time. Sometimes you're going, to, you're going to go through things you don't understand. Sometimes you're going to have trials and tribulations. Now this is no more applicable for single people than it is for married people. Sometimes we think, okay, you know, the answer to my problem is a divorce. Nonetheless, you started your problems. You're a whole lot better off to straighten out the marriage you have than to get into a divorce and make another man. That's what the Bible says. When you stood before the altar, you put something together and the Bible said, let God, let what God has put together, no man put us under. You committed, death do we part. Sickness, or hell. Whatever comes our way. And the bad times or the trials and the tribulations, they will make you stronger and in the end, you will be better off. You know, when I got out of intensive care and I went to therapy and I got where I could sit up in the bed, I would pray a long time because I'd be in the room by myself. My wife had to go back to work. And I missed her, no doubt. And uh, I couldn't do anything but lay there in the bed. And I asked God, why? I said, God, you know, I've preached 25 years. And I've been called to preach. And I've done the best I know how to do. And I, I'm trying to love my wife and love my kids. And, and I put up with old honorary deacons. And, and God, I... I've had women fuss me out about something they're mad about at home, and God, I've done this, and God, I've done that. Why can't I move? You know what? God didn't pray that. But eventually, I moved. And I remember I came down that little hill right there coming into the church. The first day I came back, and I had a walk. And I was picking it up and putting it down. And I really thought that was the best I'd ever moved. I was just praising God that I could stand up and move around. And I met Kel Fitzpatrick in the door right out there. And she said, what do you want to go preach? Go, what do you want to go rabbit hunting, preacher? I said, Kel, I can't even walk. He said, oh, you don't throw that thing away. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to help you through whatever problems you face, especially in your marriage.
And that's where he wants to bring about something wonderful. Hang on. Wait on it. Work through it. Don't give up. Turn it over to God. Now I want to talk to you about strong love. Not strong love. Soul love. Soul love. This is the love that nourishes the soul for an individual. It's got nothing to do with Valentine's candy. It might have a little bit about to do with uh, the five blood languages. But it's when you say, you know, I want my spouse to be happy. And I want to guard my home, guys, because you're the protectors. You're the man of the house. I want to guard my home and keep junk out of it. I am so appalled today. We have things going on in our society like Girl Scouts joining the Boy Scouts. I want to ask you something. What's wrong with being a boy? What's wrong with being a girl? Why didn't our young people get that message? Why can't we go back and say, you know, my wife is different. That's the reason I married her. And the last thing I want to do is change her. I want to minister to her soul. Now, the rich man and Lazarus are a good parable that illustrate this. When the rich man went to hell, he said to God, said to Moses, he said, I got some brothers. And, and send somebody to tell them not to come here. You see, Jesus saves the soul. The body's going to die. Jesus saves the soul. Get that, wrap that around your mind and your heart. Get a hold to it. You know, when the church begins to love the soul of its spouses and love the soul of lost people, then the church will have a real soul-saving revival. Don't you want the soul of your wife and the soul of your husband to be happy? I thought about it the other day. When Hope was around the house cleaning or whatever she was doing, she used to hum. When I was fixing this sermon, putting it together, I said, boy, Hope has stopped humming. She would hum, and it's not that it sounded good, but it would fill the whole home with joy and uh, the presence of God. And I, I went to her and I said, Hope, why don't you hum anymore? She said, I don't know. I'm glad you brought that up. I said, I want to hear you hum. I want to know that you're happy. She's working on it. Could be that she looked after me for so long, she just you know, a woman's world is complex. But I love her soul. I want to see her soul happy. Don't you want good for your wife and your husband? Don't you want good for them? And, and don't you want to see them happy? Wouldn't that be more important than anything that you can grab a hold to today? You see, most of the time, the reason we don't seek after what's good for those around us is we've got these little idols. It's not some wooden pagan idol that's made and put in the corner of our home. It's something that we have put in the place of God. But if we love each other as Christ loved the church, those idols will be kicked out. I didn't want to say this. I'm going to say it. In the book of Acts, they had a book burning. They had a house cleaning. Some of you need to get rid of some 
idols. You need to go home and say, this has no place in our marriage. I don't care who says it's important or who gave it to us or how much it costs. This has no place in our marriage. I'm talking about some things that some of you guys deal with. Some of you ladies deal with. I don't have to name it. You know what I'm talking about. Get rid of it. If it's another person at work, get another job. God will give you another job. He can't remake what he's already done in your home. Get rid of it. Won't you stand with me? We're going to sing in just a minute. I am redeemed. 